You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. So we're going to start shifting toward the game. I am going to save these questions, and we'll circle back next week. Feel free to add to them. Um, it's been some real good questions, and sometimes it just – I think especially like right now where I'm just kind of swimming um, – one of the th- reasons I started the podcast is I really like doing deep dives on certain things and breaking down a lot of just pretty crazy stuff. And I I probably do a little bit more of that in the off season. I've I've said several times I I, th- I kind of think the off season might be better, not better than the regular season, but in terms of some of the the fun research and whatnot, um, it's pretty awesome. But it's it's harder to not have tunnel vision this time of the season, especially now, you know, the baby and everything else. So it just, it just helps me if you guys have questions. And again, um, try as hard as possible to go into the Facebook group, find that post and comment it there. The only, I mean, it doesn't matter. I know it's inconvenient for you. It's easier to just shoot me a text or whatever, but it just gets to be stressful when it's like, all right, let's do questions. Like, all right, we got Twitter. We got, I got to find the Facebook post. We got one on some, two people sent me messages through a Facebook page. I got to figure out how to even do that. I got the flick chat, people are question, asking me questions, text messages, voicemails, it's just, it's all over the place. Instagram, a couple people message me on Instagram. It's nice if there's just a nice, clean little list. But do what you want, it's your life. You're a grown-up, probably. But anyways, yeah, we're going to look at the Colts today. I know people are feeling relatively pessimistic, and that's fair. It's fair to understand that the Colts are a good football team. It's fair to acknowledge that the Packers have struggled. It's also fair to acknowledge that the Packers especially struggle with good defenses, which is what the Colts are. Um, I posted a little graphic, you know, who do you think is going to win, Packers or Colts? And I think most people just say Packers because, you know, it's, it's what you do. But I'm, I'm legitimately curious because I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure how I feel quite yet. Because one thing that is unfair is to do what a lot of us do. Again, because we all get sort of tunnel vision. We just see Packers. And a lot of times we don't see everything else. And I didn't really watch the game yesterday. I saw a couple plays, basically. But, uh, you know, obviously this morning I saw, and, and I'm correct this time. I'm staring at it right now, so I don't think my sleepless brain is uh, messing with me this hard. It appears the Seahawks won 28-21. But even as I was watching it, I remember I turned it on late. There were probably five minutes left in the first quarter. Se- Seahawks had just scored, and the Cardinals were just getting wrecked by the Seahawks' defense. They couldn't do anything. They couldn't even get a. I didn't. I don't think I saw him get a yard. They tried to throw. There was nothing. Kyler Murray tried to run. He was just getting stuffed. And I remember just thinking, there are a lot of Packer fans who will give the Cardinals a lot of credit, but also if if the Packers played the Seahawks the way the Cardinals are playing the Seahawks, would say this team is trash. They're not going anywhere because the Seahawks have, as I say every day, about half the teams in the league, one of the worst defenses in football. They're getting beat up by every. I mean, they're they're. I mean, th- this one's legit from a statistical basis because people are posting stuff about they're on track to have like the worst defensive performance statistically. Uh, I think in terms of yards, maybe points. I don't know in NFL history. Like it's just they're they're on a path to just be the worst. 
And so when you're the Arizona Cardinals, and you know, I, I, I've said several times that I think they're a bit overrated, but hey, look at their record. They're, they're coming out swinging. I thought they would win the game. Kyler Murray, I don't know how great of a, a thrower he is, but you saw that Hail Mary pass, and everybody immediately thinks of Aaron Rodgers. Very amazing throw. Clearly a deadly runner. And I just thought you add the complexity of him being able to run to this Seattle defense on top of Arizona just being a competent football team in general. They're going to car. I mean, geez, Hopkins, Fitzgerald. I know Fitzgerald isn't what he was, but he's still, I mean, still going to eat, dude. They scored 21 points. That's it. So this this is this is a very this is what Arizona did reminds me of the Packers as it, just in general. And you know what people would be saying? It's the defense's fault. No, it's not. Seattle scoring 28 is not that bad. You scoring 21 against the Seahawks defense is pathetic. Did you know that was the lowest the Cardinals have scored all year? It, it ties the lowest with the, the game against the Carolina Panthers where they scored 21 points. Think about that. Granted, I don't know if they've played a single good defense this year. The, the Dolphins they played, they scored 31. Man, this team has played some bad teams. I'm not ready to back off my uh, assessment of the Cardinals right now. They have Maybe that's true of everybody. The, the Packers haven't played a ton of good teams either. But anyways, the last time they played Seattle, they scored 37. That's a little bit... 34 to 37 is a little bit more of what you expect out of this game. Losing 21 to 24. Imagine being the defense and holding the Seahawks who scored 34 to only 24 and then you lose the game. So again, the, the only reason I pointed out is to say every nobody's perfect. Also, maybe, just maybe, this Seahawks defense that's really bad had a really good day and they deserve a little bit of credit. Again, if it was the Packers, we wouldn't do that. No chance in the world. BS. I don't want to hear it. They're trash. We should have steamrolled them. So we got to carry that over. We got to acknowledge that's the case. So yes, it's true that the Packers have some volatility. It's true the Cardinals do. It's true the Seahawks do. It's true the Colts do. The Colts do have um, the number fourth ranked defense in terms of points, number one in terms of yards. And I'm not going to try to say they're a bad defense, but let's just look at some of the teams they've played. Jacksonville Jaguars, Minnesota Vikings, New York Jets, Chicago Bears, Cleveland Browns, Cincinnati Bengals, Detroit Lions, Baltimore Ravens, Tennessee Titans. Now they're not all bad. But the Jaguars, the Jets, the Bears, Lions, depending on if they had Galladay, some pretty terrible offenses. It's it's a little bit easier to uh, be fourth in points when you allow seven to the Jets or 11 to the Bears, for example. But there's also some volatility. Their defense gave up 32 points to the Cleveland Browns. They lost 23-32. to Their offense is not elite, and their defense sometimes lays an egg. It's very similar to the Packers in reverse. In fact, it's almost identical that it's a top five offense and a middle of the road defense for uh, for the Packers and the exact opposite for the Colts. So you rely on your defense. You live in your and you die by your defense. But then also randomly your offense will go off like 36 to 7 against the Jets. Your offense shows up and your defense shows up and you look like the best team in football. Or your defense shows up and allows only 24 points to the Ravens, but your offense lays a complete egg and only scores 10 and you lose. Or neither team really shows up, like in the case of Week 1 against the Jaguars, where you allow the Jaguars to score 27, which isn't great, and certainly no elite defense is going to allow that. Packers defense allowed 13, I might remind you. And your offense can only muster 20 against this terrible defense. Neither of them really showed up. So they are volatile. At their best, they can beat the Packers. At their worst, they won't. Packers, at their best, can beat the Colts. At their worst, they won't. 
What happens if they're both their worst or their best? I don't know, man. That's where it gets interesting, right? But again, we can't get into this. We, we always see the Packers as volatile and everybody else as perfectly static. This is the number four defense, as though they're the number four defense every week. It's the number one defense in terms of yards every week. No, it's not. That's just an aggregate. That's just an aggregate. The defense was trash against the Jaguars. It was great against the Vikings. It was good against the Jets. Seven points is better than average, but the Jets are terrible. 11 points with the Bears is pretty standard, but I guess a little better than average. They allowed 32 to the the Browns. That's pathetic. Man, the Browns are crazy. I just want to see if that was... That's the fifth highest scoring game they've had. The Browns are the craziest team in football. You want to talk about volatility? Holy cow. I didn't even realize that. Did you know they have not scored a single game in the 20s? They haven't scored a single game technically in the teens. 49, 37, 35, 34, 32, 10, 7, 6, 6. <laughs> wow. Defense is similar. They've allowed 38, 38, 38, 34, 30, 23, 20, 16, 7. So there's just a there's a pretty big gap right in the 20s. What a wild ride that is. Jeez, sorry, I'm off on a tangent. But again, it happens to everybody. So we can't just focus on best defense in football. There's context in terms of who they were playing. There's trajectory in terms of are they doing better or worse. You could look at the fact that they are clearly a better home team than an away team, and this is a home game for them, which isn't great for the Packers. And then on top of that, there's matchup. What kind of teams do they want to play? What kind of teams do they not want to play? I know the Packers don't want to play the Colts. I also don't think the Colts really want to play the Packers. The Packers live and die by offense. If the offense can get into a rhythm and they can tear up a team, then we don't really have to worry about the defense, which, by the way, is getting quite a bit better. Gets a really bad rap. Not great, but a a, a worse rap than they deserve. And if a defense is able to stifle them, they can get into trouble. Likewise for the Colts, though. They kind of live and die by defense. The defense has to be able to hold the offense low enough, hold that bar low enough for the offense to get over. Not that the offense is completely incompetent, because they're not. They've had some big games. But I don't know that that's your biggest area of trust. And so generally speaking, you rely on your defense to hold down the other team's offense so that our offense can get over that hump. So you'd rather play a team like the Bears, who have a solid defense and no offense, because we trust our offense to at least be able to get over the hump a little bit with them. They scored 19, and our defense will keep their offense down to nothing when they scored 11. If you go up against a Packers team and they score 30-some points, you're in a lot of trouble. And I'm not saying that's what you expect, but but as a, as a team, as a fan, I think you would rather, again, face a team that has a bad offense than a bad defense. You want to make sure this isn't a team that's going to overcome our defense. And really, I listed off some teams that... Um, you look at it and say, yeah, but they've, they've already gone up against better better offenses than the Packers, and look what they did. Who's a better offense than the Packers? The Ravens? The Ravens are 12th in points and 22nd in yards. This isn't 2019. This is 2020. The Ravens are not what they were last year. They're already starting to, to kind of fall off a little bit. By the way, the, the Colts are the only team they beat in the last three weeks. They lost to the Patriots and the Steelers. 12th in points. Packers are third. Well, what about the Vikings? They got a heck of an offense. They're 15th in points. Ninth in yards. Packers are better. Well, what about Cleveland? You mentioned they scored a ton of really high-scoring games. They're 18th in points. Subpar. 23rd in yards. What about Tennessee? I remember they were really good on offense. They're 10th in points, 11th in yards. This is the best offense the Colts have faced all year. Period. And will face all year. So having healthy skepticism and a little bit of concern and an understanding that this is not a walk in the park and the Colts are a good team and, and carrying that respect is fine. But respect your own team as well. 
Because the Colts are. Yeah, but if they lay an egg, yes, no kidding, genius. And if the Colts lay an egg, too, it's possible for the Colts to do that, too. We don't know what's going to happen. How about the fact that this is an away game, which is beneficial not just to the Colts, but also to the Packers? With the exception of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game, their away games have been some of their best game. 43 points against Minnesota, 37 points against the Saints, 35 points against the Texans, 34 points against the San Francisco 49ers. And most of these, I think with the exception of the 49ers game, have been in dome. Packers seem to like that stuff. They're going on the road, in a dome, no cold, no wind. Both of these teams seem to be in their element. Fantastic. Fact of the matter is, just like the the Colts and the, or excuse me, the Cardinals and the Seahawks, it's just a good game between two good teams. What happened in that game? The Cardinals offense couldn't overcome the Seahawks defense, and you can interpret that however you want. That's pathetic for the Cardinals. Yeah, probably. It's what happened, though. It is not what anybody expected, but you know what? That's kind of what you expect is the unexpected. Really? You just, I mean, crazy stuff happens every week. How many people lost money just, you know, betting that there would be 500 points in that game? How many people bet the over on that game and just lost their shirt? Because it was 21 to 28 or 24. What was the score? Yeah, 21-28. Arizona couldn't get as much as a field goal in the first quarter. Stupid autoplay. And then they just mustered a single um, touchdown per quarter. I hate to tell you, 21 points. I mean, first of all, 21 points in today's NFL just isn't good enough in general. You can win, but that's, I mean, if you're averaging 21 points a game, you're probably below 8-8. Eight and eight. It's just not good enough in 2020. Doing that against the Seahawks defense, 28th in points, 32nd in yards. The lowest anybody has scored against them is 23 points. The best the Cardinals could muster is 24. That's not good. And again, you can interpret that however you want, but it's not what you expected. The the Arizona Cardinals are number one in yards. The um, Seattle Seahawks are 32nd in yards. If nothing else, you expected them to be able to move the ball with absolute ease. That did not happen. 314 yards is the second lowest amount of yards that the Arizona Cardinals have got all year against the absolute worst team in terms of allowing yardage. Did you expect that? I didn't expect that. And again, it's not a matter of because the Cardinals are trash. It's just crazy stuff happens all the time. And you know something crazy is going to happen that's going to dictate this game, but you don't know what it's going to be. Because we take the aggregate narrative, number one team in terms of yardage, number 32 team in terms of yardage, elite offense or good offense against terrible defense, Cardinals are going to tear them up. But if you've watched football for more than five seconds, you know there's a real good chance that none of that happens. Because that's how football works, all the time. So if you want to walk into this game with the narrative that this is a struggling offense against an elite defense, and therefore we're not going to get any yards or touchdowns, and we're going to get steamrolled, and take the narrative that this is a offense that's going up against a terrible defense, so they're going to score 500 points, that's fine. You can take whatever narrative you want. Or you can say that this offense is going to be able to be the best offense that the Colts have seen, and they're going to just steamroll over this defense, and the Colts aren't going to be able to keep up. It's up to you. It doesn't matter what narrative you want to take in. Look at the information, draw your own conclusion, and at the end of the day, realize it doesn't really matter because you take all the possible options, you throw them in a hat, you shake it up, you pull one out, that's about as good of a chance as you're going to get of being correct. We don't know what's going to happen, which is which is part of the reason why last week and probably this week, I'm going to encourage you to just sit down, shut up, and enjoy the game. 
Because if the Packers win, you're going to have all the positive people saying, see, I told you, I knew it, you bunch of morons. And if the Packers lose, you're going to have the pessimists come out and say, see, I told you, I knew it, you bunch of morons. And the fact of the matter is, neither of you guys knew it. You didn't know anything. You don't know. I don't know. But let's look at some of the information and just get an understanding of who the Colts are in general, who the Packers are in general, and then just, you know, that's, that's all we can do. Because the fact of the matter is that, that that's what makes football impossible to analyze. Because it's not just the points and, and the team as a whole going up and down. You've got individual players, and, and it's the aggregate of those individual players that gives you a result like this. Think about it. How in the world does the number one team in terms of yards not be able to get any yards against the number 32 team in yards? That's because there's more than 11 guys. On the Cardinals' offense, every single one of those guys has good days and they have bad days. There's, let's say, 20 guys for the Seahawks' defense. Every single one of those guys has good days and they have bad days. So if you just start flipping coin, you're going to have some days where there's more heads than tails and some days where there's more tails than heads. And maybe dice would be a better analogy because some on some of the dice, and, and let's just say they all either say good or bad, but you got good players that have, let's say, four of the six sides are good. And two sides are bad. But there's still going to be this weird, random thing where a bunch comes up good. That was the Seahawks' defense. A bunch came up good. And for the Cardinals' offense, a bunch came up bad. And you get this really rare thing that you don't expect. But that's how that's how this thing works. And you do the same thing for the coaches. Some days you roll good, some days you roll bad. And that's all we're doing. And that's why part, part of what I'm doing is sort of ridiculous. Because it's just a matter of how the dice rolls. It's not just a matter of... of looking at what they've been through the year, which is kind of ridiculous because you're taking really bad days and really good days and smooshing them together and saying, great team, this is the defense that's going to show up. What defense? Well, the number four overall defense. I don't know if they've ever been number four overall in any given week. That's just what they've been when you take all their really bad defensive performances and all their really good defensive performances and smush them together. Some days they're the, some weeks they're the number one defense in football. Some weeks they're like 20th. So the question is, what's going to show up on, on Sunday? Well, that's a ridiculous question because the defense isn't even a thing. It's just a group of guys that have good days and bad days. So you got to look at the individual pieces and say good day or bad day. you got to look at injuries. This guy isn't even going to be there. So we got to look at this guy, and his dice is basically five bads and one good. So I'm sitting here telling you he's, he's terrible, he's terrible, he's terrible, and that's the one day that good pops up. He tears it up, and then i got to get a bunch of message. Oh, he's so bad, huh? What happened here? I don't know, man. Fluke. Yeah, because our players are trash. Yeah, dude, come on. <sighs> no, I mean, not not really. David Bakhtiari isn't bad because he allowed a sack against a guy that's that's bad. It's just it's just football, man. And I'm trying to make sense of football, and it's a it's a futile exercise. There's nothing to make sense of. All I'm doing is is showing you the dice, and I'm showing you a player. And when I say he's bad, I'm showing you this guy has got you know four reds and two greens. This guy is horrible. He's got five reds and a green. But everybody has at least one green. Everybody. And everybody has at least one red. Devontae's a five green guy. David Bakhtiari's a five green guy. And what's ridiculous is when the red pops up one week saying, this guy's no good. No, he's a five green guy. That's good. We want guys that are five green guys. And we don't want to go out and get five red guys just because he had one good day. Why can't we get guys like that instead of stupid Rashawn Gary? Because Rashawn Gary's a three green guy, and that guy has a one green guy, and I like three green guys instead of one green guys. Again, I'm doing the exact opposite of what I'm supposed to do, which is drawing us closer and closer to we don't really know. We can't know. And what I should be doing is, is 
you know, going the Skip Bayless route and going, you know, that route and just saying, you know, being all bombastic and this team can't beat that team and blah, 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 blah. But I'm too stupid to make a career out of this thing. My own pride gets in the way. I have to be correct and say things correctly. And also, I'm just, I, I, I like these things. They're like revelations and I pass them on to you and like, hey, check this out. What do you think about this? Seems like a good way to analyze things, don't you think? What I should be doing is, is going for clickbait and saying ridiculous stuff so that people grab clips and share it all over social media to say, get a load of this moron, and I get free publicity. Maybe I should do that. Like at the end of every show, just say something completely ridiculous and stupid, and then have you guys do me a favor. I'll like get the clip and have you guys share it around and be like, get a load of this moron. And then they're really disappointed when they show up and realize that I never actually said that thing. I'm not sure what the point of that would be, but it, I don't know. At least I'd, something I would do would go viral for the first time ever. Anyways, this is a good time to take a break. Um, that's sort of, I guess, the groundwork. And just kind of, again, trying to get everybody to come back to center. Calm down, relax. This is not an elite defense that the Packers can't overcome. It's just it's just football on Sunday. That's all it is. I probably like our chances against the Colts than, than if we had played the, the Seahawks this past week. Because the Seahawks look pretty good. Scary offense, and I don't know that the Packers do anything against that defense. And then I got to hear... Everybody talk about how trash our offense is because we can't even score against their defense. Ah, da, 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 da. So I'll take our chances against the Colts. Thank you very much. Anyways, let's take a break. We'll be right back. MyBookie.ag. Some good news, actually, from uh, the folks over at MyBookie. The Green Bay Packers are actually moving closer and closer in terms of the odds. Um, I believe they were two-and-a-half-point underdogs, currently one-and-a-half-point underdogs. Uh, I'm not sure if this is related to the injury news or what, but uh, good information if you're planning on betting on it. If you're taking the Packers, you should have done so already. Your odds are getting a little bit worse. If you like the Colts, your odds just got a little bit better. It moved a whole point in your favor. But in general, if you're looking to get you some skin in the game, and I went over yesterday um, during the ad read, some of the stuff that my bookie offers, and it's just it's just crazy, man. It's just Again, the, the the Pope and global warming and all that—it's just—it's—it's it's just fun. And that people like me, I appreciate it. Maybe because I'm not like a purist in terms of of betting. And believe me, if you are, they got everything: game lines, prop bets, all that stuff. But I mean, you got to understand: at work, guys bet on Family Feud at lunch. That's the world I come from. So my bookie is just—it's my kind of place. They've also got live in-game betting, so you can be betting during the Packer game, which is just going to add a layer of awesome. They've also got a fully-fledged casino platform. So if you're into blackjack, baccarat, roulette, they got what you need. So make the play. Sign up today at MyBookie. When you do, use promo code OVERTIME to get your deposit matched halfway all the way up to $1,000. The terms are simple. You put in $200, they'll match you with a $100 bill. If you're already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. It's winning season at MyBookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view 
on all possible cards and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. All right, so as you guys probably know, one of the things I like to do is, is look at um, some of the... I don't know if I had a name for this, but if I don't, I need to come up with one. You know, I talk about the 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 line or the bar that the offense and defense sets. The the line for the team is 28-24. That's kind of where the team comes in, which I got to be honest is somewhat shocking. Usually, and and what I mean by that is what what the goals are is the offense needs to get over about 28 points. The defense needs to keep teams under 24 points. That's a pretty high bar for a defense that's supposed to be really, really good at stuff. Usually, a really good defense allows the team to win when an offense scores more than that. The reason I say that is the team is undefeated when they've scored 28 points. When they've scored less than 28, they're 1-3. and three. To give you an example, the, the bar for the, uh, the Bears is right around 17 points. I mean, if you, if you call it 20, they're 4-1 and one when the offense scores 20 or more points. They're 5-2 and two when they've scored 17 or more points. They're 0-3 under 17. Or you could say 17 or less, they're 1-4. Uh, and four. That's what I mean by a low bar. The defense makes the job of the offense extremely easy. Of their losses, um, you had two teams that didn't even make it to 20. You had two teams that got to 24 and one that got to 26. The defense for the Bears really sets a low bar for the offense. I mean, this is a team where if they had a competent offense, this is an unstoppable team. I mean, you could say that about a lot of teams, right? If, if the Packers' defense would be da 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 But this Bears' defense really does a fantastic job in terms of points, and they're only seventh overall in points, but just consistently setting a low bar. The Steelers are kind of a bad example because they, there is no bar. They're undefeated. But the offense has never scored less than 24 points. The defense has only allowed more than 24 points once, and they overcame that in a 38-29 victory over the Eagles. So there's, it's a good combination there between the two. I think another example might be the Rams right now, which is surprising. They have the second best defense in football in terms of points and yard. They are uh, similarly at, at seven, 20 or 17, depending on how you look at it, because the Bears and the Rams have split at 17. So if you say under or over 20 points or 20 and over, they're 5-1. and one. 17 and over, they're 6 and 2. 17 or less, and they're 1 and 2. So that's a low bar set by the defense. You don't have to do much to win. In all of their wins, the defense has allowed 19 points, 10, 10, 16, 7, and 9. When the defense doesn't do as good of a job, 24, 28, and 35, they've lost. So that's what I'm talking That's what I more or less expect from a team that's got a really, really good defense and maybe not the greatest offense in the world. So I was surprised when I look at the Colts. And I'm, I'm looking at a bar that's set at 28 points. That's really high. I mean, really high. The Packers' bar is lower. 
24 points is the bar our defense sets. The, the Packers right now are 7-0 and when we score 24 points, which again is the reason why I'm saying I don't know why the defense gets so much heat. That's a really low bar. The two losses we've had, we scored 22 and 10. So it's, it's very unusual to look at this and say the Colts have a really good defense, the Packers don't. But at the same time, if the Packers get to 24 points, they're undefeated this year. The Colts so basically have to get to 28. Now that's that's not when I say have to, that's not of course not. It could be 3 to 7 win or what is you know anything can happen. Um the 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 Packers defense allowed 34 against Minnesota and they won because we had, the, technically the bar on that day was 34. Again, I'm taking an aggregate. But that's a general thing and it's just, it's so weird. I don't think I've ever had this in all the years of doing this little thing that I do. Um, and again, the, the bar, the offense sets for the defense is please try to keep them under 24, which is also not a super great bar. You'd like your offense to give your defense a little bit more leeway than that. The Packers are kind of shaky in terms of, you know, when you only have two losses, it's hard to really pick a spot. You could technically say 21 because they're undefeated when the defense keeps you under 21. Or you could say 34 because the Packers are 7-1 and one when the defense keeps them at 34 or less. So again, it's, it's kind of hard to, to pick a spot there, but the Colts are a little bit more defined, and it's 21 points. When, when a team scores 24 more points, the Colts are 1-3. So I mean, just looking at these numbers, these are bad numbers. These are both bars that teams should be licking their chops at. The Packers' offense only needs to score 24 points, and the defense only really needs to try to keep them under 28, and you got a really good shot of winning the game. That's the bar set for you know their own team, but also for opponent. That's what we're shooting for. Hey, Aaron, can you score more than 24? And it's not a given, right? I mean, only three teams have scored more than 24, so it's certainly not a given. I mean, 24 or more. The, the Ravens, the Jaguars, and the Browns. But it's not that much, man. And again, defensively, keep them under 28. The Colts are undefeated when they reach 28, 3-1 when they don't get there. Now, there, there's always a weird gap, so it's hard to pick an exact number because the, the next score total was 23 against Cleveland. So what happens when they get to 24, 5, 6, or 7? I don't know, man. It's just we're, we're just we're just having fun here, lighting up. So again, very, very unusual because in a way, the Colts don't really match their identity. Their identity is elite defense, but yet that bar they set for their offense is trash. Elite defenses do what the Steelers do, what the Bears do. You shouldn't have to score 28 points, but they kind of do. Again, maybe it's only 24 because 23 and under, they, they tend to lose, and that's not the worst bar in the world. But still, it's competing with some of the other teams, the Rams, 17, the Bears, 17. So it's a little surprising. Um, another correlation as we look at it is rushing yards, and it's a pretty high bar they set for themselves. Basically, when they get to, I don't know, call it 115 yards rushing, they're undefeated. They're 4-0. and If they don't reach that mark, and again, I'm kind of picking just a random spot between two numbers. We'll call it 115. They're 2-3. and three. Under 100 yards rushing, they're 1-2. and two. And, and the two games they won when they didn't reach that marker were against the Bears and the Bengals, two teams that really, really struggle anyways. Uh, like most teams, and I've talked about this before, almost everybody has high correlations when it comes to turnover. Um, the Colts are undefeated when they have one or less turnovers in a game. If they have two turnovers, which I would say two or more, but they've never had more than two, they're one and three. The only win, again, coming against against the Bengals. So I'll say takeover, takeaways are important, but they're kind of always important. And uh, the point is, if we can get two takeaways in the game, it's, it, it's, it's going to be real rough to overcome something like that. Um, another correlation, again, is rushing yards, but this is on defense. Passing yards, there really isn't any correlation, so I'm skipping over it. 
but 109 yard, 110 yards. If 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 the other team gets to 110 yards, they're one and three. Under 110 yards, they're five and one. So for the Colts, running the ball is important on both sides of the ball. Obviously, that's an area of concern for the Green Bay Packers. Um, against the Jaguars, we basically knew that they were going to be running all the time. They've got a good but not the best in the world offensive line, a good but not the best running back in the world, and they couldn't really do a ton to stop it. Um, he didn't really break out a ton of great runs, but it was enough to consistently, you know, he'd get a big chunk here, a big chunk there. Um, so that's going to be a concern. I know a lot of people have voiced concern about Naeem Hines. Um, I mean, it's, it's real similar. Th- this one has been a concern for me for a long time because of the offensive line. Um, it's a road grading offensive line. It's kind of like the Jaguars, but to a higher degree. Hines is an upgrade at running back, and I think this offensive line is an upgrade. Although, last time I looked, their offensive line was struggling. But just in general, when you look at the pieces, these are really good football players. Guys like Quentin Nelson, one of the best guards in football, if not the best guard in football. That's going to be a big test. And then conversely, and and again, the, the Packers get to dictate whatever they want to do. If they want to throw, they can throw. All I know is when teams run the ball effectively, against the Colts, they tend to do better. And unfortunately, the Packers have only reached that 110-yard mark three times. Uh, Once was against the 49ers, we got 111. Once was 158 against the Vikings, and then 259 against the Lions. Two of those three came in weeks one and two. And then if you watched Coach Hahn's video, you saw that there were some serious issues in the run game, which again is strange because they started off so hot in the run game in weeks one and two. And since then, they've cracked the 110 number, the one that I've identified as being somewhat important, only one time. So there's certainly been an issue, and it would be nice if they can kind of get that figured out soon. Uh, Some of the other markers, getting two picks, kind of a big deal. Only did that once. That was also against the 49ers, or not necessarily picks, but turnovers. Um, As far as the bars that are set, again, the, the, uh, the Colts' defense is expected to keep teams based on what the offense is capable of, 21 points or less. At least 24 points. The Packers have scored 24 points in every game except two, and they're undefeated in those games. So 24 is the marker on both sides of the ball, which is always exciting when that happens. And and I've said a thousand times, 24 is a really weird number. But it works out in this case. The Colts, when you get to 24 points, they're not good. right? One and three, and the Packers are undefeated when they get to 24. So this game, if I were to identify something, is a race to 24. Can the Packers offense crack 24? I don't want to hear about Mike Patton and the defense, any of that nonsense. Can the Packers offense crack 24? If they can't, the Packers are 0-2, and the Colts are undefeated. So the, the Colts are have never lost a game when the team doesn't get to 24. The Packers have never won a game. So if they don't get to 24, it's game over. That's it. It's a race to 24. Three touchdowns and a field goal in four quarters, I feel like you should be able to pull that off. That's four scores in four quarters in seven years ago. On the flip side, the defense, keep them under 28, please. Our defense has done that roughly half the time. 16 against Atlanta, 17 against the 49ers, 20 Jaguars, 20 Texans, 21 Lions. But then it was 28 Vikings, 30 Saints, 34 Vikings, 38 Bucks. The, the, the good thing about these numbers is that the Vikings, the Saints, and the Buccaneers have competent offenses. The Vikings offense in particular always has a good day against the Packers. I don't really know why, especially in terms of like passing the ball and whatnot. Just Cousins just, just oh, I shouldn't say always. Our defense kind of had their number last year a little bit. But man, just some of those passes from Cousins freak me out, man. But currently the Saints are the number four offense overall. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are sixth overall. The Colts are 14th. So the, the Colts offense is very similar to the Atlanta Falcons and the Detroit Lions much more so than you would expect the Saints or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
So, anyways, tomorrow we'll dig a little bit more into the individual players. Again, this is kind of the zoomed-out version of the Colts and the Packers and how they match up and all that kind of stuff and general goals. And then tomorrow we'll look a little bit more um, at the individual pieces and, you know, the dice and green and red and all that kind of stuff that I've just made up now and is apparently my thing. Um, add in the injury reports and all that kind of stuff, which we didn't get to today, but, you know, you can Google it and it'll be all right. But for today, that's going to be it. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.